didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, looking at every single episode of Stranger Things. We have officially reached the end of our journey for now because we don't know when season five is coming out. But this week we are covering the last half of chapter nine, the piggyback. And Colin is here with your summary. The ninth chapter of Stranger Things 4, titled The Piggyback, debuted on Netflix on July 1st, 2022. It was written and directed by the Duffer Brothers and has a runtime of two hours, 22 minutes and 12 seconds. But right now we're talking about that brutal last hour. It's still the night of Thursday, March 27th, 1986. After Vecna tosses Elle into the red world and Vine ties her up to the door, he tells her it's all her fault that he's like this and has been let loose to wreak havoc on all her friends. He tells her all is lost and that she needs to stand there and watch it all unfold. Steve, Nancy, and Robin are still being choked by vines in the Upside Down. Eddie is still being pummeled by Demobats. Lucas is still taking a beating at the hands of Jason. And Max, the sugar boo, is levitating. At the Surfer Boy Pizza in Nevada, the Cali boys see that Elle is struggling and Mike urges her to fight as he proclaims his love for her. That's all it takes for Elle to get her second wind and force push Vecna away, pinning him against a vine tree. It's too late for Max, though, who Vecna has already snapped, and for Eddie, who has been mortally wounded. But at the Russian prison, Grillmaster Murray takes advantage and torches all the demo creatures before Hopper finishes the last one off with a swing of his sword. The tentacles release Steve, Nancy, and Robin, who hightail it upstairs and light up Vecna with Molotov cocktails and the business end of Nancy's sawed-off shotgun. He is thrown backward through the attic window and falls burning to the ground. Just then, Yuri and Enzo arrive at the prison in the repaired chopper, while back in the Upside Down, Vecna's body has disappeared. Across town, Eddie and Dustin share a moment before Eddie passes on to that great gig in the sky. In the right side up, Lucas holds Max in his arms as she too dies, making the clock chime four times. All hell opens up in Hawkins as the four gates unleash a ginormous four-pronged lava ditch. Elle isn't quite done yet, though, and heads back into the void to bring Max back to life. Two days later, on Saturday, March 29th, the Cali boys arrive back in Hawkins to find the town has really changed since they've been gone. At the Wheeler house, Karen is packing up donations for people affected by the Vecna quake. Just then, the Surfer Boy pizza van pulls up and everyone is reunited. Will, Mike, Jonathan, Nancy, and Elle head to the hospital where Lucas and Erica are sitting with the comatose Max. Meanwhile, Steve, Robin, and Dustin head to Hawkins High to drop off donations. Robin sees Vicky and they share a PB&J moment, much to Steve's approval. Dustin catches up with Eddie's Uncle Wayne and tells him his nephew died a hero. Later, the whole gang head to Hopper's cabin to clean things up. Jonathan and Nancy attempt to board up the broken pieces of their relationship. Will tells Mike Vecna isn't dead, and Hopper shows up to reunite with Elle. They both head outside to find Joyce there, too. Just then, it starts kind of snowing, and everyone wanders through the woods to the ridge overlooking the town and stand there, watching their town burn as evil lurks in the clouds. The end of Chapter 9 and the end of Stranger Things 4 man it's just it's brutal i've actually I, I watched it i watched it twice day of and then i always i always watch them three times kind of going into the thing but oh it's just it's so and i always lose it at different points it's, it's kind of weird this is the first time i've watched it since it came out and i really thought that the reason i cried so hard when i first watched it was because I'd gotten up at 2.45 to wake up and get ready to watch it at 3 a.m. because that's when it came out on my time. And I thought, oh, I was just super tired. And I don't know if it's because I had an exceptionally terrible day today. I had a cheer mom call and yell at me for no reason. And I've just been in a terrible mood. (laughs) But I had to write or I had to watch this. And I skipped through the part where... Dustin told Eddie's uncle. Yeah. Like I just I was like I yeah. I was sobbing at Eddie. I was crying again at Max and I just was like I can't do this. Like I can't watch that part and I can't watch the Hopper reunion even though those are happy tears. I just yeah. I'm like I am all cried out. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that was the we'll, we'll do homework in a second. But yeah, the so the first time, first first time I watched it, 
I cried with with Eddie and Max. And then the second time I watched it through, I cried at Dustin with Wayne and Hopper reuniting with Elle. And then, I mean, the first two times on the rewatch, I'm kind of taking notes and, I, you know, I'm just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, so I wasn't really, but then I watched it again a third time just to kind of watch it. And I always lose it with Dustin and, and Uncle Wayne. I mean, it's just, I mean. Oh gosh, it's just, I, it, seriously, it, oh. I mean, it's just so heartbreaking anyway. I mean, it's just a heartbreaking moment. And I it think- It wasn't in like- Both of them do such a great job. I mean- They do, yeah. it just, I don't know the whole thing with Eddie. It wasn't even a good death. Like he wanted to die a hero, but it was so pointless. He didn't have to. He just randomly got off his bike when he could have. Yeah. It was so. He could have. He could have just kept driving. He could have hid under the mobile home. You know, it's just. He could have you know, just driven back into the the trailer with yeah, Dustin. He could just keep driving around and driving around. And, and you I mean, know. and it seems like it takes so many bats to kill him. Like there are so many bats that are biting at him. Like we said, they've got little teeny tiny mouths. Yeah. So there's a lot of bites. He could have handled a few as he was getting back through. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really frustrating because he was such a good character. And, and I, I, I mean, I do remember too, I was actually surprised that they, you know, at the time killed off Max. But I, I remember like audibly gasping and even jumping when her, I think her arm was the first one to snap. Yeah, it was her hand. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh. God. Oh, I did too. Yeah. I just, I like I mean, clapped a hand over my mouth. And I'm, I'm sitting like, there. I'm like, oh. as long as, as long as she doesn't snap, we're okay. As long, oh no, she just, yeah. You know, yeah. And I knew, I knew she, she ended the season in a coma. Yeah. I knew, but I was still like. I don't know. I wasn't expecting it. But before we get any further, are you ready for your homework? My last, last homework. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're late again. Yeah, I had to get catch up homework. All right. Let's 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 give it a shot. All right. Number one. These are kind of easy. Okay. I like Number easy. one. What novel is Lucas reading to Max in the hospital? Oh, The Talisman. Yes. By Stephen Stephen. King and Peter Strauss. Yes. 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 Have you read that? I have not, and I am such a huge Stephen King fan, but I have tried to read that one so many times and I cannot get into it. I I um I think I read it, but it was like 15 years ago or something. It My brother loves it. He yeah. loves that whole series and I cannot get into it. It just yeah. does not do it for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number two, how long did Max's heart stop? It was just a minute, right? They said it was a minute? For over a minute. Over a minute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When number three, when Robin is donating blankets, a banner in the background is celebrating Hawkins basketball team's championship. What type of championship was it? Oh, you're not talking like the handmade signs that are still up from the game. You're talking about a oh, huh? I know the woman's name is Melissa. Yes, <laughs> that is her name, but that is not my question. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. I don't even remember seeing it. It is the regional championship. Basketball? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Hawkins hoops. Okay. Okay. Final question. What does Argyle refer to Hopper's cabin as? He says, I know oh, you want to hide. The fortress of solitude, but, but it's it, a fortress of grodiness. Yes, yes. It's not a fortress of solitude. More like a fortress of grodiness. Yes. My yes. dudes. Not too bad. Yeah, okay. It was kind of hard. They didn't have a lot of stuff to pick from this yeah, final episode. Yeah. Okay. So let's start right off the top. Cause I got a kick out of this. This was kind of, so when the vines are pulling L up to the wall, mm -hmm. the closed captioning says Icarus, I C H O R O U S tentacles constrict. I thought it was Icarus. Is it Icarus? It's Icarus. It's pronounced Icarus. What does that word mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It means <laughs> Icor. I-C-H-O-R, the noun, is a thin, acrid, watery discharge from a wound or sore. Gross! Yes. So Icarus is of or resembling or characterized by a thin, acrid, watery discharge. That is disgusting. From a wound or sore. Ew! It's That's just, gross. Oh, it's just... I hate it. It's just great. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. Uh, sorry, I thought that was funny. Yeah, we don't we don't need to. I don't think we need to go plot point by plot point with this. But you know, if there are particular things you want to you want to talk about, 
what what did you what what's your take on the drawing of the mind flare oh because because he, I mean, timeline of events. So Henry draws in, in 1959, he draws the mind flayer kind of based on the spider, you know, because he loved the spiders. And then, you know, years later, what are we, 20, whatever, 27 years later, Henry goes into the, well, no, in 79, he goes into the world and he makes the, you know, the mind flayer. So was he, was young Henry kind of foretelling the future or did older Henry create this monster based on the drawing? Where, where do you come so down I, on? I was actually just talking to coffee about this and we were texting because I do get kind of the whole motivation behind Vecna slash Henry slash one overall, other than, you know, the, the broad picture of he just wants to take over the world. I do get kind of confused with what he was doing. I'm like, well, he wants to, he wants to kind of clean the world and make it a, turn it into something beautiful. Cause he doesn't like the current world with the, but he also loved the barren like red world that he went to. So I'm like, why didn't he just stay there? That seems yeah. like his cup of tea. Like, make, what that, are we make that your little world. Not where yeah, like, clearly yeah. you could just yeah. start from scratch there. You right. can do whatever you want. Yeah. So anyways, I was talking to her about that and I was like, I just don't really understand what he was doing or why he needed L and he basically needed L to open the gate. And then he, from what she thinks is that the mind flare in season three, when it took a bite of her leg, it sort of transferred some of her, her powers back to him. So it okay. kind of made him stronger. But then I was talking about the mind flare and I was like, well, you know, Will drew that exact same thing. I'm like, do you think there's a connection? And she says that she thinks Will was just drawing what he saw and Henry was drawing what he wanted, which makes sense. Right. Because the mind flare was just kind of a swirling, you know, angry tornado when he saw it. And then it formed into that spider like thing. Right. So that's, that was my thing. Yeah. Cause I, definitely Will was just drawing what he saw. So yeah, uh, yeah, I got that. Yeah. I just didn't know if he kind of manifested it kind of based on his drawing as a kid and what he thought it should look like because oh i think so yeah i okay. think he was like oh like he went to this world and could control it and and you know there was this sentient being i guess that he could control and that's what gave him control of like the hive mind or whatever yeah so he you know the man loves his spiders he does so he wanted something that looks like a giant spider okay yeah that, that's kind of where i was too i just didn't know if you had any kind of insight or I mean, no, and that's all totally coming from Coffee too, who is much more, you know, educated on the whole mythology of all this than I right. am. Yeah. The next thing that I wanted to mention was the whole bit with Vecna and Max and the stay very still, it'll all be over soon bit. And so I went back and I looked it up, like all the times that that has come up. I think, and credit the Duffer brothers and their writing team. They do a lot of callbacks. We've mentioned, you know, the music, obviously they played a lot of the same music, you know, the music cues, you know, when Elle's going to the bathtub in season one and then, you know, in the last episode or mm -hmm. earlier in this episode. So, so I went back and looked him up and, and so I got all the, all the sound clips of all the times that's been said. So the first time was in episode two of season three, and this was when Billy first kidnaps Heather and takes her to the Brimborn Steelworks. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. It'll be over soon. Just stay very still. The next time is at the beginning. So that was at the end of 3-2. At the beginning of 3-3, when they're Max and Elle are playing Spin the Bottle, she goes into the void and sees Billy. And Billy is in the void with his back to her and the car is there. Mm -hmm. So we kind of hear that again. I found him. What's he doing? On the floor. Now yours. Talking to someone. Just stay nice. And then later in that episode was the dinner at Heather's parents' house, which is when they, you know, knock her parents, you know, yeah. with a wine bottle and all that stuff. So then Heather says it to her dad. Yes. I'm really sorry about this, Daddy, but it'll all be over soon. I promise. Yeah! And then 
in episode eight of season three, which is the Battle of Starcourt, Billy, after schlepping Max or L over his shoulder, like Max is schlepped over Vecna's shoulder in this episode, he lays her down at kind of the altar in the food court and says it to her. Don't be afraid. It'll be over soon. Just try and stay very still. And then finally in this episode, so season four, episode nine, we get Vecna saying the same thing to Max. Don't be afraid. Try and stay very still. It will all be over soon. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, the obvious question is, why do they need to stay still? first of all but, they're they're tied up at the moment they can't right, really move right yeah they're all either like comatose or not doing very well or or tied up yeah but i really love the just the callback you know just you know the foresight to, and i think probably the first time they wrote it in you know three two with billy and heather i don't even know if it's stuck at that point they just kind of you know they kind of latched onto it later and said oh let's just keep bringing and this it- back and it sticks out in my head as a quote that's that's been used before in horror movies. And I don't know what it like I need to look it up. I didn't, but I've yeah. you know, it just seems like something a villain would say. But you know, everyone's losing their minds over saying, Well, the duffers, it's been Vecna since the beginning. And if you go back and you listen, there's a clock chime as Will falls off his bike. Yeah, I know you, you mentioned that before. And I'm like, no, there, it's it's not there's there. not. No. It's not like, I mean, I think that it, that it works like, and that's part of the reason they went with this storyline is that it works, but I really don't think until about season two is when they were like, okay, this is where we're going with this. And I think the way they came up with the story, they made something, they created something that does connect to season one, but I do not think that there's any actual proof no, I I, I completely hundred percent agree. I don't think Vecna was even a word in their vocabulary. No, un- until no, it drives me crazy. Until probably season four, when they started writing season four. But yeah, I mean, they I knew we know they up the ante on the villains every year, and you know yeah. it goes you know demo dog to you know shadow monster to mind flayer, and then to the gooey thing in the hallway that you know chases after Nancy in the hospital, and then yeah, you know finally to Vecna. But yeah, I I always you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and rewatch the whole thing too, at some point here, but I always kind of think of season one as kind of like a bottle season. It's just kind of there. Just a one-off. And, and they it was did their thing. And they and didn't I, even, I don't even know if they knew that it was going to come back at that point. Clearly. I they, don't think they did. I mean, they did end it on a cliffhanger because, you know, Will pukes up that slug, but it was, right. it was so small that it really could have been like, Oh no, what's going right. to happen. Right. You know, it's left up to the viewer to decide. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, thank God that they got more seasons, but I really, all these people that are sitting here and they're analyzing and they're pouring over every potential detail in every potential scene or scene or whatever, and you guys are just making shit up at this point. Yeah, no, you gotta, you really need to take it as season one is kind of by itself because Mm -hmm. that's how they viewed it. That's what they wrote coming into it. And then once they knew they had a hit, probably the day it came out and, you know, Netflix had a billion streams. Yeah. Then they could start thinking about, okay, let's take on what we've done and Mm, we can build build it from there. Right. So we do get Mike's monologue, which I actually liked a lot better than, you know, we talked about Will's monologue to Mike. Oh, it was so much better. And I know there's a bunch of links out there. I think the Netflix geeked, if you guys haven't seen that listeners, look up Netflix geeked and it's the whole, they do a volume one and a volume two kind of after show. It's really good because they talk to, I mean, a lot of it's kind of standard stuff and, you know, nothing relevatory, but, you know, they did talk to Mike about that scene and how he was kind of given free reign to just kind of improv and, you know, whatever came out of it and the whole superhero line, you know, came out of it. But he says he remembered at one point, as they were filming, I need looked up and Charlie and Eduardo were just kind of staring at him like, Oh my God, that was just so good. <laughs> what you just did. It was, you know. <laughs> what, which the Duffers had talked about in one interview, they had said, you know, Mike had a really amazing monologue this season. And 
that he, he they had given him some pretty heavy stuff and he dealt with it you know spectacularly as a younger actor yeah and i think he did yeah i did too i think it's great i also i lo- i just love the way that they kind of flipped back and forth between all the various things that were going on and i'll talk oh, about yeah. it in the, in the music segment but the dixon and stein score especially when vecna the running is- up the hill well that too that yeah hill. that too but you know when when vecna's saying you've already lost oh and, and you're just well that's seeing, where it's building up too. yeah and you're just seeing the bats attacking eddie and steve and nancy and robin are all you know yeah. choked on the wall and hopper has the monster on top of him in his face and drooling down his chin and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. just the music was so good the editing i thought was really good it was really really paced really well yes um, and i get chills yeah. through that whole section like my whole like my whole body is covered in chills when i'm watching that entire like few scenes where it's all just ramping up and when they cut to that slow motion shot of hopper like swinging that sword and yeah. you know chopping off the demogorgon it just oh gosh it's so good i also really loved when uh, phase four of the kill Vecna plot when Robin, Steve and Nancy are up in the attic and they do the Molotov cocktails and you kind of see the vapor trails in the air. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like you can see the vibrations in the air of the, of the fire and, and kind of the, the Molotov mm-hmm. cocktails exploding. I thought that was really neat. It's a really cool effect. So. It's that whole scene with all with those three, they just seem like such badasses. Yeah. Maya Hawk snaps that lighter open and yeah. you know lights hers and Steve's like standing there with his bat. I would love to have a still shot of that, like just frame, just to see it. Like it just oh, I love it. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Then we get Dustin and Eddie, which I know you fast forwarded through. But no, I watched that part. Oh, you watched that part. Okay. I fast forwarded uh, through Dustin and his uncle. Oh, Dustin and his uncle. I, That's right. That's I what can't cry been. anymore right. today. That's right. right. Yeah. But bringing back Moby's When It's Cold, I'd Like to Die. Which is unfair. It's <laughs> unfair that they used that song. It's very manipulative, because, right? <laughs> yeah, because excuse me, when we first heard that song in season one, we were bringing Will back to life. And, we were and, saving Will's life. Yeah, and we we're learning about Sarah too at the at the same time. Maybe because Hopper was having the flashbacks of Sarah at the same time. Yeah. So. But yeah, oh, but the, just all of Eddie's lines. Just yeah. You know, like I guess soon, as soon as the music starts, is when I start crying. Yeah. Like as soon as I hear Moby, and it's like, oh, I hate you, Moby, for making me feel this way, and just is he's so. I don't know what the word. It's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking oh, to it watch. It's heartbreaking to watch him ask Dustin if he if he was a he. I was I didn't run away, right? Like, oh my, it kills me. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I I really don't think that this will ever be an episode that I rewatch on a. And I rewatch this show a lot. It's yeah. like my comfort show. I put it on to fall asleep to a lot. I watch yeah. it a lot. Yeah. And this will never. I don't know if season four is going to be one that I rewatch a lot. To be honest, it was awesome and amazing. Yeah. yeah but it hurts. It, it really does. And I think I'm becoming a little bit, just a little bit, not immune, but you know, kinda, I get what you're saying. The yeah. more you watch it, the more, the more you watch it. I mean, you, you know, even the first time around, I knew Eddie was going to die. And oh, you know, everybody, you know, I feel like right. everybody knew Eddie was going to die. I did not know Dustin was going to have that scene with Wayne and that's, Oh, I just lost it. It was just, yeah. Was really bad. I actually knew about the scene with Wayne and I, I don't know why that part's so sad because it's not like we really knew Eddie's uncle that well. Right. You know? Yeah. But I mean, the the whole bit with, you know, him, him hanging the thing back up and the, and the, you know, I got nothing to say to you. Good day to you. Yeah. It's just, it's really good. And then the whole thing, you know, with Max and Lucas, and I know that Lucas improvised the line, you know, Erica help. Yeah. But that's not the part that gets me the most the part is when she says that she's scared and she yeah. doesn't want to die we're gonna get you some help okay just just hold on i'm so scared i'm so scared i'm so scared i know i know i know i know please they don't want to die i'm not ready you're not gonna die please hang on please. i don't want to go on i don't want to you're not gonna, gonna die just, just hang on oh my gosh it breaks my heart like yeah. Having a teenager, it breaks my heart. Oh, like, yeah. just, uh, it, I hate it. 
Yeah, there's there's not a lot to love in this. <laughs> I mean, there's not. Episode. I mean, I just it's not. I mean, it's all amazing writing, and the acting is so good, and the score is so good, and the cinematography is amazing. But as a person who avidly avoids sad things, this is not for me. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out, and I know I told you at the time. I completely missed the first two times I watched it, Jason dying. That cracks me up because it was one of the main things I remember at, you know, five o'clock in the morning as I'm watching it. And I was like, oh, Jason got his. Yeah. And I keep watching it again. I mean, it's really funny because I watched it the first two times and, you know, the little. I think you asked me. Yeah. And and, and I, I I remember I was going on the boards or something just to see what people were talking about. And yeah. they're like, okay, what was the final death count? And it was, it was you know, whatever, five or whatever. And it was, yeah. you know, you know, Eddie and Max and, you know, and then Fred and Chrissy and that Max really didn't die. And then of course, Jason. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you, you know, you're not like, I had like three people ask me. Yeah. They were like, what happened to Jason? I'm like, dude, he got, you know, burnt and split up in the middle. Yeah. So now I'm watching it and I'm like, what on earth was I looking at? that I didn't I don't I, I think I because still, yeah. I think naturally your eye follows that the line as it's yeah. you know that that fissure or whatever you want to call yeah, it the or lava like the, or whatever yeah it's coming up and so it's past him when you see him sort of melt right away and he even screams too yeah well, but you can't really hear it. The only reason I know knew that he screamed was because I watched the caption and it says Jason howls in agony. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 So like you don't really hear it, but I think it's because the the red part of the lava is past him. Yeah. You don't really see him until it's past him yeah. and then you're already looking at something else. It's just so funny cuz now I can't not see it obviously, but it's just Oh, I know. It's, it's just really strange. But I'm also kind of confused like I guess it is lava because why would yeah, kind of, kind of lava-ish, fire. Why would he melt? Why would it split him apart? And yeah, why didn't he kind of... move out of the way? Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't like how the news anchor is like the death counts at twenty-two. Uh, sir, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I watched like twenty-two houses on one street collapse right. into the giant crevasse. Yeah. Yes. that opened up like what do you mean the death counts at 22 it's right. like at least 122 yeah exactly and, and did you notice it went right through the radio shack yes <laughs> so and through- but but also did you notice and i saw this online and i can't remember the all the four different what do you want to call them what, the what are we going to call them let's call them fissures the four different fissures they're in the same shape as the way the clock Oh, the cracks on the clock face. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I did see yep. that. that. So it's the center. And it's somebody was like, they were showing us all along right. like how it was all going to end. And I don't understand why everyone in this town just thinks it's a normal earthquake. Well, they also thought Starcart was a normal fire. So who knows? Yeah. But I mean, that's a little bit more believable because yeah, they were means- setting off fireworks. There was probably lots of burnt stuff around. But they did but have... I remember counting 14 helicopters come flying in with army yeah. men and stuff in them. So. But you're telling me that the entire world thinks that this small town in Indiana just suffered an earthquake? Yeah. There are <laughs> literal otherworldly vines covering the library. Right. Yeah. They're creeping up the side right. and covering the library. What oh, do you mean? It's just ivy. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, thanks to, I mean, do they think that the satanic cult has brought something upon them? I I don't know. Yeah. They just said it was an earthquake. Yeah. I did get a kick out. And I always, every time it comes up the two days later, I always say it in the SpongeBob voice. Oh my gosh. Yes. Two days later. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen, have you seen the meme of, you've seen the SpongeBob movie, right? Yeah. I love that movie. Like, I love it. I can, we quote it a lot here. We love it. But do you know the part where he's waiting to do his big performance and he's like, hang, I think it's from the movie, but it's in, it's either, but he's hanging from, he's got his like cape on and the white boots and he's hanging from like this like string. Cause they're about to lower him down onto mm-hmm. the stage. And somebody posted that picture and was like, Steve, Nancy, and Robin waiting for eleven to finish because they're just hanging there. <laughs> That's really funny. 
So it struck me in the two days later that the Cali boys are wearing the same clothes that they have had on for five days. It is the same. Argyle's shoes and pants when he gets out of the car make me want to gag. <laughs> you know it smells terrible. These, in that these It is the same. And I just went back and looked just to make sure. So going back to episode four, which was yeah. Dear Billy, which was the shootout, the yes. one shot shootout that they have the exact same clothes yes. on. That was Monday. It is now Saturday. They have yeah. never changed their clothes. It is disgusting. And they're all hugging every, each other. They're hugging and it's a bunch of teenage boys. So, you know, they've just been like ripping them the whole way. Like it's awful. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, we do um, get the, the Robin and Vicky moment, which I thought was very nice. And even nicer was Steve looking on at the Robin and Vicky moment. I sent you that TikTok because I love that scene. So yes. Much. I will. I will post a link to that as a great, great TikTok. Yeah. But can we rewind how Karen is not the least bit she's like all happy when she's bringing donation boxes out and your oh, yeah. head's like can't tell the tabloids from the news now he's just oh. sitting in his chair like i mean the world is ending around him and ted is still just sitting in his chair watching. never mind yes i wrote down the wheelers are so chill and and they have electricity <laughs> also right like okay but so she's like fine she's like oh nancy mr bunny we you don't have to give him away blah 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 then she sees mike and she's like, you are never going on vacation again, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But then we learn that Jonathan still hasn't talked to Nancy. So that means that Karen hasn't talked to Mike either. Right. So you mean to tell me that she was just happily going about her day, like coming up with donations, yeah, right? <laughs> not knowing where Mike was or if he was alive. Yeah. It's just very bizarre to me. It, it, it is very bizarre. So we, we know, obviously, Joyce and Hopper come back. So we can assume that Yuri and Enzo are safe somewhere. I, I guess he's, I guess they're with Dr. Owen somewhere. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Owens is hopefully safe because Stinson was there and didn't seem too worried about anything. She wasn't like, you know, I'm going to drop you guys off. Now I have to go rescue Owens or something. Yeah. So, and then we end, which I think, I think that closing shot of the, the sky and the black and white and the flowers, I, it's just stunningly beautiful. I just, it is. You I, want I will... your thing framed. I want that framed on my wall. I think it's just gorgeous. It is. But also, did it really take the ash falling from the sky for them to realize that the upside down was leaking into Hawkins? Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like everybody else got onto that a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to be like, oh, no, ash is falling from the sky. We've seen this before. No, it's snow. It's not ash. <laughs> you know what this means? And it's like, guys, we, we knew what this. We did, Wait, did you guys not know it wasn't? A, did they think it was a real earthquake? <laughs> Did you guys really? And we had an earthquake and it's snowing. That's normal, right? Okay. Also, and I, guys, listen, I know it sounds like I'm picking this episode apart. It's just what I do. It's a defense mechanism because I yes. don't want to feel things. Right. And did you notice how Dustin's like, oh God, you guys, you don't know. Oh yeah. How do they not know? How do you, how do Max, you not know? L especially. L knows. Exactly. Yeah. L brought her back to life. Did he, did she think that she like just hopped up and yeah. was okay? Yeah. But also, where did Eleven get her healing power? She's never brought anybody back before. Yeah, well, I remember we talked about that, and I thought, you know, if she can hurt people, maybe she can unhurt people. I don't know. So Maybe. But yeah, I just had a lot of questions, which hopefully they'll be answered in season five. Okay, anything else before we get into our segments and emails and all that kind of fun stuff? No, no, I think that's it. Okay. So Colin moment this week. I was kind of waiting a couple of different things, but one thing kind of just kept kind of bugging me. Wait, how did you find anything this week? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not really a nostalgic moment, but at the moment where Lucas says, Erica, call an ambulance. Where is she supposed to go to call an ambulance? They're in a house with, you know, no power. It's an old, she's going to have to like start wandering to neighbor's door. She doesn't have a neighbors. cell phone. I know. It just, it just kind of, it, it just kind of struck me as funny because you know, today you'd have a phone in your pocket. He'd yeah. have a phone, you know, that, you know, it'd just be very super easy to just pick up a phone. And it just kind of struck me as, you know, where's she going to go? She's like, gonna, yeah, we're, you know, we got a person who's kind of hurt because a monster kind of, you know, snapped her. <laughs> it was just, yeah, I don't know what she was going to say. Yes. But 
I assumed she was going to try to go to the neighbors. I don't know. Yeah, it just it just kind of struck me as funny as, you know, compared to these days, kind of the the old nostalgia of, you know, keeping a quarter in your shoe for phone calls and all that kind of stuff. And well, when I was 16, I just got my license, you know, I think I'd had it for maybe six months and I was driving to school in the morning, hit black ice. My car went, we lived on a farm. So my car went off the road into a pond and was like sinking. I had to climb out the other side. A tree had bashed through the front window and the back on my side, like the two windows. And I had sliced my ear behind my ear. So like my earlobe was no longer attached to my head. It was like a branch had hit it. So it was, I have like a big scar behind my ear. How did I know this? I don't know how you did. I don't know how I'm going to tell you this. (laughs) And so I get out and I'm standing in the road and I I had really, really super long hair and I go to tuck my hair behind my ear and I bring my hand down. It's just like literally covered in blood. I look because head wounds, they bleed a ton anyways. Sure. I look down soaking like my whole shirt. Like I thought I didn't have an ear left. I didn't know, but I didn't have a cell phone. So I had to go to, there was like a neighborhood on our road. I had to walk up. And the first people that I went to, I knocked on the door. I'm a 16 year old kid. And I'm like, Hey, like, you know, in complete shock. And I'm like, I don't, I, I need to call my mom. I've wrecked my car. Do you know that they wouldn't let me in their house because I had blood all over me? They were like, we'll bring you, we'll bring you our cordless phone outside. (laughs) And I'm standing there shivering wet and covered in blood. Wow. Yeah. So much like Erica would have to have found a neighbor with a phone. I had to find. It was kind of, I mean, it it, it didn't, it didn't really strike me in the moment, but it was one of those things that on a rewatch, I'm like, where's she going to (laughs) go? It's like. Yeah. Maybe just, that's why I knew. I was like, yeah, she's going to have, they're yeah, probably not going to let her uh, yeah, obvi- I mean, obviously she has to go to the neighbors, <laughs> but you know, compared to these days, you know, when you can just, you know, flip open your phone and call whoever. Yep. Yeah. It was just, it just kind of, yeah. So that was my, that was my little Colin commentary more than a moment, but it was just a, kind of a thing. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right. So let's play a quick, quick little round of where in the world is. Okay. I have so no we, idea what you could ask me. We did find a little bit more geographic where Hawkins is because how many miles outside of Indianapolis is the town of Hawkins? Oh gosh. You know, 50, 80, 80. Yep. Yep. In the news report, the guy says in the small town, 80 miles outside of Indianapolis. You think it's East West? I think it's North, but this is, this is an issue and I'm sure it's not a real thing. So why are we even talking about it? But (laughs) The, uh, I, m- I remember, like, I think it was two or three episodes ago, I pointed out the news truck was from a, the call letters on the news truck were actually a, the same call letters as a Puerto Rican radio station. It wasn't really a TV station, so they mm-hmm. made up the letters. So this one, they actually did have the first microwave truck as they're pulling into town. It's the white one kind of right on the left-hand side of the screen. It says WSBT TV 22, and that is a South Bend, Indiana TV station. It's a real TV station. And South Bend is, you know, North Indiana, pretty much, you know, right at the end of Indiana. So I'm thinking, you know, if you go 80 miles north, halfway between Indianapolis and South Bend is about 80 miles. So um, I don't know if that's what they're, you know, I'm probably reading way too much into this. Well, this just brings us back to season one and wondering how on earth Steve and Tommy and Carol and Nancy could go swimming in November. True. Also that that. far north. Yes. So (laughs) Northern Indiana in November. Sure. Why not? I do want to mention, I don't think I've mentioned it before. Really good YouTube, two uh, YouTube videos by a guy who went to all the locations in and around Georgia for season four. He went actually to the high school and he went to the um, trailer park and did a bunch of stuff there. And you can kind of show where things were. I'll put a link up to it. He actually did two videos. I'll post a link to the first one. You can just go to the second one after that. And he also went to Hopper's cabin. Oh, really? Which is, which is a cool place. So, and he goes in and around and all that kind of stuff. So any, any kind of film geeky people like me that want to see all the locations and stuff. I know there's a ton of videos out there and I've watched most of them, but this guy's is the best. I can't remember what his name is, but I'll post a link to it so you can see that. So those are your locations. No tire peel outs this week. 
Argyle and or Jonathan was driving very responsibly. They did toot the horn when they came in front of the Wheeler's yes, house. Yes, they did. But, but did not squeal the brakes. And then also when they pulled up into uh, Hopper's cabin, there were there were no issues there either. So no tire peel outs. Movies. You should be at the mall or like watching a movie or something. I only have the two obvious ones, the Conan sword that we all know about. The sword was from Conan the Barbarian. I'll actually post a link. I found the movie clip where he um, unearths the sword so you can uh, you can see the sword. It was the first uh, movie I ever remember seeing in the theater. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I was like two. So it's the, it's the actual prop sword from Conan. So um, that's kind of neat. And then the Halloween reference, obviously, with Fechner falling out the window and his body not being in there when they look. So I'll post a link, actually, to that scene, too. Those um, were mine as well. To that. So not much else movie-wise. Little things? Wait, did, did you see something? Yeah. What, what, did, what did you see? No, you know, the only little thing is Steve when he's folding those blankets and he just shakes his head like a proud mom. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we actually had an email from uh, Kathy mentioned, but I noticed it too, that when Steve was looking, he was just kind of balling up the clothes. He wasn't really even folding them very well. Oh, I know. He was just yeah. like wadding them up. Yeah, it's kind of funny. A couple of little things I had. I mentioned the WSBT truck, which was a South Bend TV station. The sign outside the church when everybody rolls back into town says the pastor of the church is Ian Patterson, and he is a producer on the show. So they. Oh, really? Yeah. And then next to Eddie's picture on the bulletin board that uncle wayne hangs the picture just to the left is of tommy zalton and nico zalton yeah. is the head of the props department for stranger things so he put his put his name or somebody put his name on that and then the only other thing i had it wasn't really a little thing but it was and it, and it, but it was too short to be like a best line but when dustin first gets to eddie and says we got to get you to the hospital and eddie just goes okay you know yeah just that okay. little just kind of okay. You know, okay why do you think they couldn't get dustin some crutches yeah holly mentioned that too he should be in a cast with crutches because um, i mean, have like a cane or something something because i was thinking well maybe he didn't break is it but we heard it break i mean you heard yeah. the crunch, yeah because if it was just a sprain sure kind of hobble around on it but he broke legit broke his ankle and he doesn't have a cast he doesn't have crutches he doesn't have he's not in a wheelchair yeah no idea he was just hobbling around that donation center. <laughs> a couple write-ins for little things. Sherry wrote in, Dustin was wearing dog tags. Wondered if these maybe were his father's. We've never learned why his dad is absent, but both Hopper and Lucas's dad were in Vietnam. So it makes sense that maybe Dustin's dad might've been too, and he died. And that's why Dustin has the dog tags. Mm-hmm. Haley wrote in, you mentioned it earlier too, Argyle's socks. When they get out of the van, the first thing you see is Argyle's socks. <laughs> They're just not, not gross. Don't look very good after five days of desert. I do like his vans though. Yeah, they're very cool. And then Kathy wrote in, I love that Steve is so pleased for Robin in that school scene, but mentioned that he doesn't know how to fold clothes. (laughs) He doesn't. Uh, And she also mentioned the pat on the shoulder that Robin gives Steve. And it's a really blink and you miss it kind of thing. Oh yeah. Uh, In the scene earlier when Jonathan and Nancy are hugging and reuniting, she said it just cements how much of a best friend they are. But yeah, it is really a quick, I don't think I even noticed it the first time, but yeah. You... I did because I was waiting. I was looking for Steve's reaction. Oh, yeah. Good point. So, okay. That's it for little things. Let's talk music. I mentioned the Dixon and Stein score already. So this is the track that is playing when all hell is breaking loose and we're getting all really sad. Interestingly enough, it is called in brackets delicate intense music playing that's the name of the track because that's what the caption said what all of dixon and stein's songs actually have like legit <laughs> yeah. titles, like you know vecna is mad or you know, <laughs> a, a day in the lab or you know whatever but it all has is, to rhyme <laughs> but this is this is the only one that is actually what the closed captioning said as the song was playing it says the name of the track is in brackets delicate intense music playing Aww. And it's it's the bit where Beckner says you you know your friends have lost. So then we mentioned when it's cold, I like to die. We've talked about it before, but it's just such a haunting song. So let's hear it. Hear a little bit of it again. Came out in 1995. It's by Moby. Obviously, we heard it in season one, episode eight, when they were reviving Will and Remembering Sarah, and we get it again when Eddie is dying. 
I was actually Googling, you know, anything about Moby and that kind of stuff. And I tripped on an article on Cheat Seat by Lauren Anderson. Oh, Lauren. About my that. BFF in real life. Our, 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 our buddy Lauren happened to like, it was like one of the first hits on Google. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. So I'll post I know exactly which article you're talking about. Yeah, so I'll, so <laughs> it's just funny. I was like, it, it, like cheat sheet popped up. I'm like, did Whitney write this? Oh no, nope. Lauren, Lauren nope. wrote this. So that was kind of cool. But it's a whole article about how Moby, you know, was so appreciative of you know them using the song and it kind of broke his heart, you know, how sad oh, it was and everything. So same Moby, same. Maybe you shouldn't have written that song. Right. The other song that we have heard before is Deep by Peter Sandberg. This was the song that was playing in the last episode of season three when Elle is reading the letter that Joyce gave her from Hopper. And it's the same song they bring back for when Hopper and Elle reunite. And then the last song is the closing credits song, which is Spellbound by Susie and the Banshees. Came out in May of 1981. Didn't really do anything in the United States, but went to number 22 in the UK. I only really do Susie and the Banshees from Peekaboo. I think that's really the only song that I've ever known by them. But. Did it? When in season two, when Jonathan went to the Halloween party, wasn't someone dressed up like? Yes. From, okay. Yeah. The girl that he talked to. Yes. Was dressed yes. up like Susie Sue. Yep. So. I actually just thought of another little thing. Okay. So for little things, when Hopper walks in and he gives Elle a hug and when he's hugging her, he just kind of looks over and he sees her shaved head and he just closes his eyes like. And he's so sad for a second that they've shaved her head. Oh, right. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awful. But I think that's also why he takes his hat off, obviously, too. So he can kind of, you know, show her, show her that, you know, he's the same. So, okay. Got a couple emails and then we'll get into our superlatives. First one is from Kyle in Ohio said, I was rewatching season one, episode eight. And notice that as Joyce and Hopper are going into the Upside Down and Hawkins, this is when they're in their hazmat suits, the lights along the sidewalk are lit up. That means there is some electricity in the Upside Down, so there could be drills and Eddie's guitar. And I know there is there is some electricity. There is obviously some lights and stuff in there, but I, you know, I don't I don't know if the duffers are ever going to put out a rule book for the Upside Down. But yes, there <laughs> there there have been glimmers of electricity here and there. So thank you, Kyle, for writing that in. You are correct. Then email from Sherry who said, I really hated the two days later titled card. <laughs> How did they even get out of the upside down? All the gates were torn open into huge crevices. Good point. Also, I found L, Mike, and Will's surprise at Dustin telling them why Lucas was at the hospital. Very confusing. We just mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Well, Evan for sure knew that Max was seriously injured. And did she not tell the others this? They did have two days in a car, you know, from Vegas to Indianapolis, you know, where it certainly should have come up in conversation. So... Good yeah. point, Sherry. Yes. Then another email. This one is from Emma in Australia, who says she's a huge fan of Steve and love his character development. So I enjoy listening to you and sharing the same Steve superlatives that I've always noticed. She just wanted to mention that she has a favorite song that she says really reminds her of Steve. And it's a song by an Australian band called Holy Holy. And the song is called True Lovers. So it's kind of the stancy, you know, stancy fans would like this one. Oh. Lyrics Me in a and sense Harriet. Of, right. In a different time, a different place, we could have been true lovers, you know, and the song kind of goes on from there. I'll, put, I'll post a link to it. Actually, it's a, it's a pretty good song. So thank you, Emma, for sending that to us. I think we're on to superlatives. Oh, man. Ooh. This is it, guys. This is it for two years. I know, right? Okay. okay best line. I went with Eddie, even though it kills me. I went with... I didn't run away this time, right? We have we have a lot of Eddie. <laughs> we have a, you'll, you'll hear a lot of Eddie lines in this little montage I'm that sure. we're about to put out. I actually also went with Eddie, and it was the very next thing he said to Dustin. You're going to have to look after those little sheep for me, okay? No, you're going to do that yourself. Nah, man. And I love that line anyway, but I really love it as a callback to a scene that I think probably a lot of us have forgotten from episode one of season four when they're in the cafeteria and eddie says this this year it's my year i can feel it 
86, baby. You know what that means? Means you boys, the future of Hellfire. I knew it the moment I saw you. Sat on that table right over there, looking like, looking like two little lost sheep. <laughs> so again, it's just, I just love these little callbacks. You know, it's just, I think it just makes the story just so much richer. And you know, if you catch them, they're I think greatest. it makes you love the characters yeah. so much more. Yeah, and, and the it, writing it makes and them seem yeah. real. Yeah, Kathy wrote in that she also agreed with the Eddie bit, and she also liked the line from the Hopper and L reunion. I kept it open. I kept the door open three inches. Man. I stopped believing. Oren said his favorite line was also from Eddie's death, another part. I think it's my year, Anderson. I think it's finally my year. <laughs> Zarley wrote in she agreed with Oren on that. Not that they know each other, but they had the same one. <laughs> Sherry wrote in another line from Hopper and Elle's reunion. Yeah. I kind of stole your look, kid. Shelly, who wrote in along with her daughter Gabby, said Elle's line about keeping the door open three inches. Mm -hmm. And also Hopper's line that you weren't the only one that stopped believing. And then she also mentioned Elle's line when she reunites with Joyce. I'm happy you went to your conference. I was quite the experience. Haley's best line was the Erica help from Lucas. And then she also really loved Mike's monologue bit, which we haven't talked about in the in the superlatives yet. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. You're my superhero. And I can't lose you. Okay? Do you hear me? I can't lose you. You can do anything. You can fly. You can move mountains. I believe that. I really do. But right now, you just have to fight. Okay? That's like such a huge moment. All of us are like, but Eddie. <laughs> yeah. And then Harriet wrote in her favorite bit was the Vecna Henry one. And she says, that's how we hear friends and her in school refer to them. It's it's Vecna Henry one. It's like all one word. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Vecna Henry one. The was the bit from the monologue. It is over 11. Your friends have lost and she also said, I love the cinematography and the way they filmed the entire thing. I also found it very funny how they tied that little bit that Vecna says, you open the door for me with Lucas telling Jason, I should have never let you in the door, which was a, another neat little tie back, but I had completely missed. So good on you, Harriet. Harriet also wrote in her for her Whitney squeal section. I like how Harriet, this is like one of Harriet's superlatives every week. Right. Is what part is Whitney going to squeal at? Right. So she mentioned Jason's death. She said, I was ugly crying at the moment, but cheered and high-fived my brother when he got split in two. At least you saw it, Harriet, unlike some of us. <laughs> you know, and people really rooted for Jason to die. And like, yes, he was awful. And I, you know, he was kind of like a little bit like Susie, whereas like maybe if he hadn't showed up, then, you know, Max would right, have gotten right. out and whatever. But I really don't have the same hatred for, for Jason as I do for billy in season two or you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know it's weird yeah it is kind of weird and then uh, merced on twitter wrote in i co-signed the idea about adding a whitney squealing segment i'd also suggest a segment where whitney talks about a scene that makes her squeamish that sound she makes is quite vivid that one that's the one yes. oh it makes me sick <laughs> most spirited i went with the bread that is in the um shelter that vicky and robin are you know putting their sandwich together mm -hmm. with fryhofer bread and it says on the side 29 cents oh, when gosh. on earth was the last time bread was 29 cents i don't even know I don't actually know i looked it up and in the mid 80s bread was around 89 or 99 cents or something like that so it was just saying that it was on you know super good value 29 cent bread which i thought was hilarious you could get a loaf of bread here for a dollar last year probably not very good bread it's just like the Kroger brand bread. Oh, yeah. 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 Like just the regular kind of sandwich bread. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sherry actually agreed with me and said the bread. Oren wrote in Eddie's Axl Rose bandana. 
Kathy wrote the stenciled letters on the sign where Robin and Vicky were, how it said food pickup, oh, yeah. but, it, but it was the fact that it was stenciled. You know, it wasn't like a, obviously a computer printed thing. It was somebody right. who had taken a flare marker and in the stencils on the food pickup, which she thought that was really good. And then Shelly and Gabby wrote in Vicky's outfit, kind of following up on her outfit from the war zone. And now she's, she's still in a very Molly Ringwald outfit. So that's what Shelly uh, yeah. and Gabby had. I went with Ted in his chair, just how he was that, that whole outfit yeah. where he was sitting. It was like, <laughs> it's just like the most eighties saturday loungewear outfit i could think of yeah it was it was good it's indistinguishable from the tabloids <laughs> then we had another write-in for another uh segment now that we're done we're getting all these great i know <laughs> so kathy wrote in we should do a best caption segment and she she pointed out especially ominous dirge playing and epic synth arrangement of running up that hill playing i saw that most stranger thing, I went with Max snapping in half. Sherry, Orin, Evie, and Harriet went with Max snapping in half. Shelly and Gabby said the upside down flashback and also Henry's drawing and how they kind of tied the Mind Flayer drawings back to Will. Zarley wrote Jason ripped in half. When was Jason ripped in half? Did I miss that? Who's Jason? Who's Jason? Which one is he? <laughs> what, did, what did you have for stranger well, thing? Well, okay. Honestly, I legitimately did make my sound at Argyle, Argyle Socks. Like, it really makes me a little queasy. But the strangest thing, like, to be, you know, more serious is back in the Henry One's eye, when he's in and he's looking at the Mind Flayer, his one eye is all milky. Oh, yeah. When gross. he's like, when he's not all the way Vecna yet. Yeah. And at what yeah. point do you think he decided he didn't need to wear any clothes anymore? Yeah. You think they just rotted away or you think he like made a conscious decision and thought I'm the only person here. I'm just going to run around naked. Probably the latter. Yeah. I, that's what I would do. <laughs> Nobody as likes long, to wear clothes. As long You're as there's no <laughs> chance of running into anyone. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Okay. MVP. This one's really hard. Yeah. Well, Kathy said her choice for MVP was Eddie, Dustin, Lucas, Max, L, Hop, Nancy, and Joyce, and all of the actors. All of them absolutely bring it. So, you know, there's a easy so just way to... the cast. So Kathy. everybody. Yeah. Okay. So that, that works. That's okay. one way to handle it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I like that. I, I went with just Eddie and Lucas because I can't decide. Yeah. I went with Gaten solely for the scene with Uncle Wayne, which was, yeah. well, not solely because he also was great with eddie too oh when he was screaming and he oh, screamed eddie oh, no oh yeah. it's awful oh, it's just so good sherry said lucas he had to fight for his life against jason held max as she died in his arms pulled her to safety when the gate began opening and remained by her side in the hospital so that is sherry's mvp oren said l and then also nancy for having the sheer guts to just shoot vecna zarley said nancy she's always been my favorite character and i love seeing her step it up again shelly and gabby said murray coming in hot and then also mentioned Caleb McLaughlin uh, for his performance as Lucas. An honorable mention to Hopper for slaying the Demogorgon. Karen said Caleb, his acting in this episode is just so outstanding. I truly felt his agony when he's holding Max after she's fallen to the ground and he's just sobbing and talking to her. When he shouts Erica help, it's absolutely devastating. Agreed. Agreed. Haley said Finn. He's hated on within the fandom a lot of the times, but deserves some appreciation for his performance during the monologue. Agreed. Listen, Haley, you'll never catch me hating on Finn. Nope. Never. Nope. I like him. You do like Finn. Harriet said Sadie and Caleb both, and then also Gaten and Joe Quinn both for their performances. And I think that does it, though there is one other little thing that I want to want to leave you with, and this is just too funny. I just couldn't resist. So Kathy, in her email with all of her other things, superlative said, I could keep going on as there is so much good stuff. However, instead, I shall relay the start of a story my eight-year-old Willow is writing on the back of watching Stranger Things, hands over eyes at the appropriate bits. The story begins. In the morning, the Demogorgon family is about to have breakfast. What are we having? Can we have Bob? Asked the baby Demogorgon. The dad says, we still have Barb. Okay, the baby says, I have to go to school. And then Kathy says, that's all she has so far, but I have high hopes. Listen, she's got a bestseller on her hands. Can we have, have Bob? Barb? No, we, we still, still got have Barb. Barb. It should be on a t-shirt. 
I love that. <laughs> we still have Barb. <laughs> so I thought that was a nice little thing to end on. So it was. And guys, that's it. We've done it. So it's not going to be our last. We'll be back in two weeks when we do our final thoughts on season four overall. And we are still open to suggestions. We've gotten some great ones so far from some of our listeners about what you guys want to hear. You know, we're going to keep in contact if I keep doing this, you know, every so often, it probably won't be weekly like we do it now, but we'll still be around. And also we wanted to throw it out if there is another show that you want us to cover or look into that's similar to Stranger Things, or you just like our style of doing things, we could possibly be open to looking into another television series if you guys want zero pressure also again probably won't be every week because con and i are going to stop this and we're going to take a really long nap because (laughs) this is a lot of work and kudos to colin because he does so much more than me i literally just watch the episode and show up with some notes and colin does all these deep dives and he if this this podcast would not be here if it wasn't for colin to be honest so Oh, well, it'd be really boring without you. So, well, you know, do what I can. <laughs> so as always, you can like us, subscribe, review on Apple iTunes. That helps us get in front of other potential listeners like yourself. You can find us on social media. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Scoops Ahoy Pod. And our favorite way to communicate is when you guys email us, because clearly we love reading your emails. So you can email us at Scoops Pod at gmail.com. So I want to thank everybody so much for listening. We hope you tune in next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.